Now, without further ado, let's get to the fan focus. We start off with the morning show as Ken and Anthony talk about trading Chubb. That's Nick Chubb for Aaron Donald. I still need to make him more comfortable in the system, in the offense, in the huddle, out the huddle, making audibles, doing everything that he's supposed to do leading the offense of this football yeah, but team. You're, you're I'm t- very hesitant to do this. I'm, I'm honest with but you. But I guess I'm to the point where if he's not that good, it doesn't matter either way. And so it doesn't matter if Nick Chubb is there for the next three years or not. If he's not that good, this whole but thing, I, I this whole thing is, is not going to matter. I, like, I think it does matter. What's I, the point? I, I if, if Deshaun Watson's not a top 10 quarterback or top seven in your in your scenario that you just laid out. I understand this. Then great. Nick Chubb's still a great running back, but what does that do for the team? The team, that doesn't matter. Uh, if he if he's still a great running back and Deshaun Watson sucks, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. But I, I go back to the 2020 season. And the 2020 season, Baker Mayfield, you look through the first eight games, was not incredibly wonderful. And that game against against Cincinnati where you had to turn it on in the second half there, I mean, you go back to halftime, I mean, there were some people saying some horrific things about Baker Mayfield at halftime of that Cincinnati game. And then in the second half of the season, Baker turned it on, and I think that, that having Nick Chubb with him calmed him down. If I keep hearing from Nathan, and I'm not saying Nathan's wrong about this, but if I hear from Zagura, and he's been on our show, and he's been on other shows saying that, hey, historically... Deshaun Watson doesn't do very well week one. He doesn't do very well at the beginning of the season. That means that, guys, we're going to have to batten down the hatches, and we're going to have to take care of him. And I think putting more pressure on the offense might not be the right call. Aaron Donald's fantastic, but at what point do I have to look at this and go, guys, shouldn't we have to? Shouldn't we be able to do this with Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith and, uh, and Obo Okoronkwo and, and Jordan Elliott on the inside and Dalvin Tomlinson and who the hell they take Siakika? I think they're good enough. Ken's point is right. I think they're good enough. You want to hear my take on it? Odyssey Rewind, 7 o'clock hour. We started it off. I did not bring Nick Chubb into the equation for a couple different reasons. Instead, what I did was Aaron Donald versus Cooper Cup. My side of that, 7 o'clock hour. One thing I wanted to point out, though. For those that love Nick Chubb, it's okay to love Nick Chubb. That's fine. He's great. You should love Nick Chubb. But Ken tried to give him a bunch of credit for the first eight games of the season. Baker Mayfield from week seven on was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I used that as a talking point for the entire stretch of that happening and really for about a year after the fact as well. Week seven on, he was one of the best quarterbacks. By pro football focus standards, he was a top three quarterback in the NFL. But the unsung part of that season that does not get brought up enough is that was the very best that we had Nick uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was as good as we've ever seen him in a Browns uniform that year. Year. Not for a stretch, that year. And although Nick Chubb was good as well, Kareem Hunt really was. They had a dynamic situation happening there, and he doesn't get nearly enough credit. The reason why, in my estimation, the Browns were able to go 11-5 and and were able to win that postseason game the way that they did was because of Kareem Hunt's contributions mixed with Nick Chubb. But Kareem Hunt... Deserves a bunch of credit there. All right, we go to Nick and Dustin as the two of them found the easy way into the fan focus, which is talk about me. And in this instance, they talked about my spending habit. So Keith pulled a clip from Friday's show, and it pertains to Jonathan Peterlin and something he doesn't have. I didn't have a pin for my credit card. What about your, I just never what had about your one. debit card? I don't have a debit card. I just I'm solely credit card. That's weird. I was upset because I wanted the pizza. 
<laughs> You've talked about the so pizza. So you didn't I get the pizza? pizza? They made no. the pizza? No. He, I, I said, I said, I, I, I don't know what you want me to do here. I want to pay you for this pizza. I have no, I have no cash on me, and I don't have a debit. I don't have a pin number for my credit card. It was ridiculous. The whole thing was ridiculous. Well, I kind of, I felt borderline this whole stupid. Ridic- you don't have a debit card? No, I don't need cash. It's 2023. Yes, you do need cash. So, am I to understand that the only way you could pay for this this delicious Luigi's pizza, yeah, was if you had a debit card? Well, yeah, you'd have to go, go. You'd have to go to their ATM and get some, get some cash outs, cash okay. only. Uh huh. You know that. Yeah. So, Peterlin really doesn't have a debit card. You heard the clip. I I can't wrap my head around this. It, is it? Is it a is it like I, a contrarian I, thing? I have no idea. I would feel naked without a debit card. Well, but if you don't carry, because he also said he doesn't carry cash, right? right? Yeah. So then, Correct. how do you pay for things? Does everything go on the he, card? I think he puts it on the card. I mean, listen, I'm not smart enough financially to have this conversation, but I I understand the point of that. But there are scenarios where you need either cash or a quick way to get cash if you don't have it. I mean. So, he, I understand it's 2023, but like cash is still king. Mm-hmm. Anywhere you go, you want to tip somebody. Like, how do you not have cash, or or at least have the ability to get the cash out? Yeah, I. You, ne- you ever you ever uh, you ever paid for a valet with uh, a credit card? No, I never really have to pay for a valet, so that kind of works that out for Whatever. me. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I so if I need cash, tell my wife we have a little cash fund. Keep at the house, and I grab cash. How often in 2023 do you need cash, though? You just don't need it that often. And so I don't. I have a credit card. I have my HSA FSA card, and I have my driver's license. Only thing I ever keep on me. I keep zero dollars on me at any given point. And you know what? I've been doing it for years. The first time I've ever really been hung up was trying to get this this Luigi's pizza, which surprised me because they've been doing cash only since 1935 is what the guy told me and I had no idea it was cash only and so now since that point I've now gotten the pin number for my credit card so if I need cash on a whim I can use the pin number I can get cash if I need to but it happens so infrequently everywhere I go I have a way to pay I'm not ever really worried about it Dominic do you carry cash on you uh yes it's usually my winnings from uh the Jack Casino sport betting uh yeah like the only time it. you oh, runs in the family i had no idea okay. well I, I i probably place a bet once a month i i have a i have a few few bucks right. because my bone nickel uh nickel bet of course because why else why else i mean come on dan and phelps on the guardians issues ellie de la cruz's do not grow on trees no, they don't they don't unfortunately if, yeah i know boy wish we had a De La Cruz tree in the backyard. God, would it not be awesome to have a bunch of those all over the week? Oh, him and Ronald Acuna, because Acuna did the same thing that came up. Anyway, that's true. Those guys don't grow on trees. It takes time for him. And I am and I say that with Bo Naylor saying also, I'm willing to take every single lump for him to figure it out. Because I know that the talent is there. And I know that the ability is there on top of it and the athleticism and everything else that he's shown. I'll take all the lumps of him having some ugly at-bats in year one, knowing that the fruit from year two and year three will be so much sweeter knowing that this one's a little on the uglier side but it's just boy it is a tough way to live life when you have two automatic outs sitting at the bottom of your lineup. i mean dan's right it, it makes the game incredibly tough when you know 
every single time you go one to nine, you're playing with seven hitters and not nine hitters. It's just it's, it's a different game. And the Guardians have been doing this for years, for years. We've had outs at the bottom of the lineup that just for whatever reason we don't account for. And, you know, more times than not, it works out. I don't know that it's going to work out the same way this year. Next up, we go back to Afternoon Drive. The two guys talked about tickets at arcades. We're getting ready to walk out, and of course you get tickets when you go to the arcade. And they're like, how many tickets? And I'm like, well, 1,100 tickets. Cool. And then they wheel around to the gift shop, and they learn the toughest lesson every kid has to learn. That the tickets aren't worth squat. <laughs> 1,100 tickets gets you nowhere in life. It gets you an airhead. And my nephew straight up was just like, I'll just take this kazoo that's 75 points, and I don't want anything else. He was like he was like mad at me and I'm like son it's not me. It's it's the it's the people yeah. who put this on, the people who the put people. this on. And I said that in about 2 weeks. And then um oh yeah, but I my kids were like, "Dad, this just isn't fair." Cuz they knew how much I spend on tokens. Dude, and they're I mean, like, "You spend 60 bucks on tokens. Why 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 do you not get 60 bucks worth of gifts?" And I'm like, "That's the game, kid." And that light slowly died in their eyes. Can't get that light back gone for good now it's called capitalism kid it's like when you go to like chuck e cheese or something and you get a zillion well now they just they, they don't even actually give you the tickets they put on your card uh-huh which i kind of i don't know that i love that kind of gets me going on the on the, the cash thing yeah i actually want the physical tickets yeah it, you know? it, it, it hits different it does when hit you different. get to see a 1100 tickets yes versus when it's just kind of out there in the ethos yeah no, it's probably a lot more. Ether, that's the word. Whatever. It's uh, it's probably more efficient for them to not have to print these you know, zillions of tickets. Well, but... then give us more tickets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? And my kids, you're right. They, they walk up to the thing and they're like, oh, Dad, I want to get that uh, you know, that, that soccer ball. I'm like, well, that's going to be a million tickets. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? I actually think they get it wrong, too. Because they have these, these big things in the wall. Not for purchase. Not for purchase. Just make it astronomical. You should just be able to buy. Yeah, you can buy that soccer ball for $75. Or, no, no, no. Hey, that yeah, it's 2,300 uh, tickets. All right, well, how much does 2,300 tickets cost? 250 bucks. Because there will be some schmo that will pay it. I had a good childhood. I'm not going to say I didn't. I had a good childhood. I don't know that it was a great childhood, but it was a good childhood. If my mom's listening, it was a great childhood, though. Don't, don't cut yourself short you did a great job but i do remember going to chuck e cheese for one of my birthday parties and i didn't i i I had some good birthday parties as a child i didn't have them every year i had some good birthday parties i went to chuck e cheese and i remember i just i loved the little chuck e cheese doll i don't know why mainly because i think i was like seven years old and i thought it was really cool and i remember not getting enough tickets to just have the chuck e cheese doll but it was my birthday and i remember my my dad being able to just buy whatever the doll cost and I had this Chuck E. Cheese doll forever after that. But like he just he was able to just to buy whatever it was. So there was a time out there, guys. There was a time where you could do that. I don't know what they charged. They might have made an exception because it was my birthday and I had the birthday party there. But they let me get the doll that I wanted. The little the little stuffed toy that I wanted. Hey, calling it a doll. I was seven years old. It was a little stuffed toy. And it was cool. Like I liked it. It was fun. But but that is the hard part of arcades. I feel like when we were younger. It was much easier to end up with something substantial, and they've only they've only sucked the enjoyment out of that the more and more. With each passing year, 
you go from getting something that could be like resembling something cool to now the best you can get is one of those little like toy mustache things or something like the dumbest things in the world it's like great you get a single pack of sour patch kids for the 27 dollars you spent not good enough we go back to the morning show it's ken and it's anthony as they talked about summer league and victor Wembanyama. I Fine. wanted to watch Imani Bates, and once I watched Imani Bates, I don't, I don't remember what I did on Friday night after that. <laughs> if Wim would have won, well, they against, were at the same time. If he would have won against Miles Garrett, then I would have been in for it. Oh, I remember what I did. I, I told, I my son, <laughs> my sons came downstairs, and they wanted to watch Happy Gilmore again, and they both passed out, and I just went to bed. They both passed out on the couch. And Happy Gilmore had, like, just started. It was late. And that was it. I watched Imani Bates, and I went, oh, that's it. And I was like, I ain't waking you boys up. And I went upstairs, went to bed, woke up. Liz took a picture because there was a bottle of whiskey sitting there. And I was like, I didn't even drink it. Axel just brought it to me. How do you like that? There was a bottle of whiskey sitting there and my two sons in the picture in the frame. I mean, they were on at the same time. So you, you kind of had to make a judgment unless you were going to DVR. And I, I watched Imani Bates. I yeah, I watched, like, six minutes to start out. I was flipping back and forth when... They sat Wembyama. I would then put it back on just to see how Bates was doing, and I put it on. Bates heat check, Bates heat check, Bates heat check, and he never got hot, but that didn't stop him from taking the heat checks. Well, I, yeah, I mean, there was there was, was one person. Who, there was Bates. somebody who forwarded me something and said he was a chucker, which I'm like, well, it's summer league, so yeah. they're all chuckers. They want him to chuck. They want him to shoot. It's like it's it's weird watching summer league, and maybe the, the reasons I'm watching Amani Bates or I watched Amani Bates was was the reason I wasn't watching Victor Wembanyama for whatever reason. Because I, when I'm watching summer league, I'm like, all right, they're gonna run and gun and they're gonna hoop, and that's what they're doing. Like, are they gonna sit there and break down? And, and I'm no. sure they're gonna run a few sets, but I'm, I don't think they're really gonna go. Yeah, very little. Go crazy. All right, you heard it right there. Now, Amani Bates was awesome tonight. Is the morning show going to flip their script? Are they going to go from summer league not mattering to then tomorrow maybe getting a little excited? I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to listen to find out. What I did love, though, was watching Wembenyama shake off the nerves of the first game and then turn around and be awesome yesterday to the point where the Spurs shut it down. John Taffer style, they shut it down. I like that. I like that out of them. I like that Wembenyama turned it around because after going 2-13 of in the first game and not looking good, I was wondering whether or not he just had too much Britney Spears fiasco in his life. I just wonder if it was just too big of a week for him and then he was going to melt under the pressure because of all of it. He was openly uh, very honest about his struggles, but it was good to see him look good, good to see Imani Bates look good again tonight as well. And that is the fan focus. We come on back and want to hear from you guys. 216-474-0092. Is Shane Bieber killing his trade value? Feel like the past week or so has been bad news for the Guardians on that front. We'll do it here next on The Fan.